<clears throat> I cannot. Do you understand when we took that piece off of the stair thing like yesterday? There was so much dog hair under it. I was embarrassed. <clears throat> it. Some of it may not have been our dog hair. Like some of it could have been. Cheech and Chong that lived here before. <laughs> That's. We should probably cut that. That's racist, probably. Yeah. Why? It's the name of a group. Cheech and Chong. Yes. Yes. But <laughs> they had like two dogs. But you're implying that the people that lived here before were Mexican, pot smoking. I drug thought Cheech and Chong were Asian. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not. I'm not implying that the people that lived here before us were any kind of ethnicity. <clears throat> I was talking about their pets. Cheech and Chong were not Asian. <laughs> Chong? They, no, no, Jody Powell, you're on. You're on racist probation. <laughs> racist. <laughs> I did not watch Cheech and Chong. I'm sorry. That is hilarious. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. I'm here all night. I love you so much. <laughs> hey, everybody. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Jody. And this is the Unremarkable Podcast, Episode 3. Thank everyone so much for joining us. We've now hit the Trinity. <laughs> well... Something like that. The third episode, and um, we're evolving and trying to figure out what to do better. And so uh, if you have not yet been to uh, iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're finding our podcast and given us some feedback or rated us, we'd appreciate that. You can share us. Um, We would love to to, to hear from you because we're just wanting to be better at what we do. And today, um, Joe, we get to talk about a, a topic, and I'm a little bit nervous about it. Hey. Um, Let's be real. This is a, this is as real as it gets because um, we uh, just recently started a sermon series at church um, where we're talking about marriage. Yes. And uh, and and when I started the series, I said to the church, I said, "There's three ways that people respond. No, 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 one way is." Um, you know, when we start talking about marriage, they respond one of three ways. They go, "Hey, we're our marriage is perfect. We don't need this." Aww. In which case, their spouse is like trying not to make Someone's eye contact with them. Yeah, and, and and then the second way is to go, "I'm single, so I don't need this." Yes. Um, in which case, what we always Someone's share is in denial. Yeah, like, well, you know, hey, at some point, you probably hope to be married, mm-hmm. um, or or you know, even if you don't, you know, there there's still principles that are at play that can help you in other relationships. Absolutely, the principles that you apply to all relationships are yeah, um, yeah. interchangeable. Yeah. And then the third response is really, I think, unique to me. Awesome. And maybe it's unique to other pastors as well. Okay. And that is, OG whiz, I have to talk about marriage, and I'm really not good at it. Um, I think you're not good at it. Well, you know, it's not just that. It's, it's you know, I get to stand up and tell what the Bible says about marriage. Yes. My marriage becomes a, a big, giant sermon illustration um, and, and everyone kind of looks at our marriage. Yes. And um, and then I get to come home, <laughs> and you get to say, hey, you just stood on stage and I said these things. Mm-hmm. Now you get to apply them to our marriage. This is true. But at the same time, it's not... I don't feel like I attack you when you arrive home. It's just no, no, no. That seek to make our marriage reflect what we talked about today in service. Yeah, and I, and I'm not in any way trying to don't don't misunderstand me. I'm not in any way trying to say that you're bad or wrong for even having that point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, the truth of the Bible is the truth of the Bible. 
um, and, and I can present that truth. Correct. Um, that doesn't mean that I'm not struggling with it in some ways. Yes. And I think I try to be honest with our congregation and let them know when I'm struggling. <clears throat> no, you're pretty transparent when it comes to that. And marriage is meant to be a lifetime because that's how long it takes to figure it out. <laughs> Yes. Um, and so there, we have struggles in our marriage. And, and so uh, in particular, um, to, to, to fill everybody in, if you weren't at Crosswind or you don't follow us or whatever. The, you can go watch that through my Facebook Live, though. That's right. Um, or through Crosswind Church's Facebook Live. That's right. Yeah. So we um, uh, are uh, we, we were talking about marriage, and, and Sunday we talked about Ephesians chapter 5, mm-hmm. uh, verses 21 and following. And 21 says, submit to one another out of reverence for the Lord. And you said that we must recognize that 21 comes before 22. Verse 21 comes before verse 22. Verse 22 is the famous, wives submit, submit to your, your husbands, husband. yeah. as to the Lord. As to the um, Lord. And... <laughs> <laughs> you just repeating everything I say? Yes. That's awesome. Okay. okay. Um, and then verse 25, of course, talks about husbands love your wife as Christ loved the church. And um, and so we kind of talked through that. And um, and what we said on Sunday, just, just I feel like we need to tell everybody so that they know. What, what we said on Sunday was that every man and woman, um, whether they're married or unmarried, they have hopes, dreams, and desires. This is what we hope our marriage will look like. Mm-hmm. So, um, for me, um, that we, we talked about that meant that physical affection looked a certain way for me. So, I grew up, and, and my mom and dad listen to this, and they'll love this, but I grew up, my mom and dad were, like, overly affectionate to, to each other yes. in and, public. And you showed everybody my pajama pants. Yeah, well, but right. but So, so my hope, dream, and desire is that in my marriage, even though it grossed me out when it was my parents, I just assumed that in my marriage, mm-hmm. like, we would we would be overly physically affectionate towards one another. Um, not just necessarily in public, but, like, in our home. Yes. And, um, and the story that I love to tell is I can remember one of the first times you were <laughs> cooking dinner, and I came up behind you and kind of gave you one of those hugs from behind, mm-hmm. and your response was... What are you doing? <laughs> Why are you touching me? <laughs> like I'm holding a knife, you know that sort of thing. And and I was just like, "What's wrong?" And that was not what necessarily what you experienced. Not that no, that was good or bad. No, it was just not. So your mm-hmm. hope, dream, and desire with regard to that was different than mine. Correct. And and when you got married, you had hopes, dreams, and desires about me. I'm sure. Yes. Not, I wanted you to wear pajama pants and not touch me. That. <laughs> well, there you go, y'all. Perfect marriage right there in a nutshell. Wear pajama pants and don't touch your wife. I love it so Ooh. much. No, um, I, I'm probably one of the first ones that attracted me to you and made me think what I, I wanted someone to go on an adventure with. Yeah, yeah. I like whimsy. I like spontaneous. I like um, now on the same time, I still don't think I'll ever jump out of an airplane unless it's coming down for a crash. But, yeah, perfectly um, good plane. Yeah. So so what we talked about is you have these hopes, dreams, and desires, and, mm-hmm. and when you get married, you hand those to your spouse, and to your spouse, your hopes, dreams, and desires look an awful lot like expectations. Yes. And um, and whereas hopes, dreams, and desires are easy to carry, expectations... Are burdensome. Yeah, they, 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 they carry they carry a weight with it. And mm-hmm. so what we talked about is that what it looks like to submit to one another means to elevate the other one's wants, needs, and desires above your own. Mm-hmm. To say, I'm going to intentionally, on purpose, by my design, by decision, put your wants, needs, and desires above my own. Correct. And it's mutual. It's it goes both ways. Right. Your 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 focus becomes the other person's yeah. box. Yeah. And so the 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 question that that we asked was, what does my spouse owe me? And the answer, the answer is, is nothing. nothing. 
And and if the answer is nothing, then... I think that goes even more so, though. Like, that was a adult revelation for me is... Um, and I and I and I've come to that revelation, but I, and I watch other people still struggling with that. Is uh, no one owes me anything, and, and I think a lot of people um, go through life with disappointment, feeling like um, they are owed a better life. That Jesus owes them grace, and Jesus Christ owes them this, and we we are owed nothing. And when I think I realize that that I don't deserve. Um, the good that I have had, or I don't deserve any better than I currently have. That was um, humbling for me, and 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 making me aware of how to have better relationships with people. Because I'm, I don't need to operate under the fact that I deserve something. Yeah, yeah. And so the the, the thing that we talked about in church, and to get us to where we had such a, a, an interesting week, um, is is we. What we said is, you don't owe me anything, but because of what God has done for me, I'm going to do everything that I can to to work out of your box. I'm going to do everything I can to figure out what's what what are your hopes, dreams, and desires, and that's going to become a priority to me. Right. Right. And so, fast forward, I, I, we do that message on Sunday. Yes. And and we talk a little bit about boxes, and and it's really good, and and we talk about. You know, you know, letting go of expectations of my spouse, and and um, and I think all that's good. It's rooted in scripture. And then let's just let's just tell them kind of where we were. So Sunday night is our night to record podcast. Now Correct. it's Tuesday night. Yep, we we we're two days late. But we sat down to record on on Sunday. We did, and I have presented um, a list of um, ideas, and then um, Jeremy had to go. Um, attend something with one of our kids and he chose one of those ideas and so then I took that idea and I expounded upon it and made a list of notes to kind of talk through and and then he sat down and said he didn't like my idea so yeah um (laughs) that's it I mean I I can make all kinds of reasons as to why like I I I I'm wired to find negative. I, I understand what I like. I don't like that sort of stuff. And 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 I sat down and I said, "Hey, I, I don't like this, and I understand. You know, I don't understand this." <clears throat> and it led to a uh, it led to an argument. Yes, yes, I I did take offense at that because I was confused. And you're, you're you know it's it's totally okay. And in that process, we began having the discussion that we encouraged our congregants to have. Yes. And that con- that that conversation was, hey, um, what is in what's in your box, right? Mm-hmm. And how we deal with figuring out what your hopes, dreams, and desires are, and working from those, and 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 some of the struggles that we experience. So so really, I, I think there's a couple areas that I want to discuss today. I want to discuss hopes, dreams, and desires, and meeting those, and how we figure out those, and mm-hmm. how you wrestle with that, and but. On the front end, I want to talk about what it's like to be in um, in the ministry okay. where your husband gets up or where, where your <clears throat> spouse gets up and and preaches about marriage. Right. And you have to sit in the front row or somewhere <laughs> in the sanctuary and listen to all of these things. All eyes on me. That's right. Listen to all of these things that he's saying that, that you know he's not great at himself. How do you deal with that as a as a pastor's wife? 
It depends on the day, um, if we're going to be transparent. I would love to be. Yeah, tell me. Um, If we had a fight the night before, I want to get up and leave sometimes because I'm like, I can't sit through this because I know people are looking at me because some people tell me, hey, I I saw you laugh at this or I saw you, you know, um, look down at this. So, I mean, I know when sermon illustrations start and and, uh, the girls or I – our um, topic of conversation, I, I'm getting a glance from one or 50 people. And so I know that I've got to be mindful of that because I'm. it's not just that I don't want to distract from you. I, I don't want to distract from worship and what God is saying mm-hmm. through you. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so that's hard because um, I know that regardless of what's going on in our life, God has got a message to deliver and and I need to be mindful of my part in that um, mm. presentation. Mm. Um, so that 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 is hard sometimes. And there are times where I I see God talking to and through you over something we've struggled mm. with, and I and I have peace. Mm. What What do you mean by that? You see God speaking to me. Well, you're emotional when when what you're saying may not have been what was on script. Mm. So I know that, and not that I know his script, but I can I can just I've heard you speak long enough where I can tell that it's off script and it's God truly choosing your words. Well, I think one of the things as a pastor that you have to learn to do is to sit under your own preaching. Mm-hmm. And um, and for me, most of the time, what what happens is 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 as I plan throughout the week, I become terribly convicted. About what it is that I have to say, and that's not just marriage. You you battle that with any topic. Oh, sure. And and I I I would wonder if if a pastor is never convicted by the words that he has to say, right? I can't imagine them not. I can't um, imagine reading his word and not having it speak to your heart. Yeah. So, but in marriage, like I, I'm I'm reading about this, and I go, oh my goodness, like. As you research the, the 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 original languages and you read commentaries, listen to other pastors talk, you go, "Good night." Like I, I need to be better in this area. And in this particular case, preparing for the marriage series, um, I was sharing with a friend of ours, John. I was sharing with him, like like I was preparing for this. I was getting so convicted about it. And what was frustrating to me is that I would get. Um, I would get convicted and I would get this resolve and I would pray and write in my journal, dear God, like help me to be better at this. And I would come home and I would find myself with like a really short fuse. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would find myself really um, like struggling with with loving you. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's not like loving you. I'm high maintenance. No, no, it's not that at all. <laughs> loving you in that moment, it's 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 like... I really think that one of the things Jody and I have realized over 18 years in the ministry is that when our marriage is most vulnerable is when God is uh, getting ready to use us to speak great truth into other people's lives. Isn't that what you were just saying earlier? You were reading a passage that your um, colleague, a friend uh, you've been at a conference with about how when we're going mm. through, you know, think about going through physical therapy so that you it, there's going to be some pain that you're going to go through before you um, you reach the, 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 the success. So, so um, there's going to be some... 
some stretching and some mm-hmm. um, molding and mm-hmm. shaping that are it's going to hurt before mm-hmm. we get to the side where it's going to mm-hmm. be um, victorious. Right. And and so when we're you know to all the pastors that are out there, I think recognizing uh, for us recognizing when Saturday night is. It's um, it's very vulnerable. Yeah. So one of the things that you you were the one that pointed this out um, that we are that the most tension exists between us as a marriage on Saturday night. Yes. Why do you think that is? Because you got to go on Sunday morning. Yes. Yeah. You've got to. Um, Satan wants you to be tired or to be distracted or ineffective. Yeah. And and I think even even you like filled with that when you're filled with that desire to get up and walk out. Mm-hmm. Like really, you you're not any more paying attention to God's word. You're focused on my inadequacies and my flaws. Do you think? I, can't, I hate saying that. The inadequacies are just you know where well, where I'm hurt. Yeah, and 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 I don't have an issue with inadequacy. I, I think that there are times when, as a as a husband, as a father, where where I'm at for whatever reason is is inadequate. Be that sin. Or be that um, you know, be that sin, or be that laziness, or exhaustion, or I've chosen to cheat my marriage for work, or mm-hmm. cheat my marriage for friendships, or whatever it may be. I, you know, whatever that may be, um, there are those moments where, hey, I, I'm inadequate, and, and and I think you would say the same thing. There's times as a wife, probably, that you would you would think yourself in that category, and I would be uncomfortable calling you inadequate, but I think you would probably put yourself in that category in some ways. Um, and, and all of us probably would. The, uh, but in those moments on Saturday night, I think one of the things that you have done such a good job at trying to to do, and I'm trying to recognize, is, hey, when that tension comes up on Saturday night, for us just to look at each other and go, it's Saturday night. Mm-hmm. We know? need to pause and mm-hmm. take time out and regroup and right. recognize you know, what's going on. And, and so really the take-home for me is if you're out there and you're a pastor— your pastor's family, you're in the ministry, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think you need to recognize that not not everything that bad happens is a spiritual attack. Right. But when you when you have this consistency like, oh man, Saturday night is really tough for us. You, you all need to sit down and talk about it and go, listen, Saturday night is a time that's tough for us. And when we feel those tensions rise, there needs to be a code where we use, there needs to be a phrase we say where we just kind of go, you know what, it's probably Shappy. best... It's probably best that we just stop and pray and go to bed. Right, and, right. And, seek rest and right, comfort and, and, in Him. And move on, yeah. Right. Now, if you're out there and you're not a minister, you're, you're, you're in the ministry, right? I mean, I think that's a way you can pray for your, for, your, for your pastor. I think it's natural for us to get up on Sunday morning and pray for our pastor and his, and, his, and his family as he gets up to speak. But we don't think Saturday night is where some of the real battles right. take place. right. Um, praying for the family too that they are not a hindrance to his um, his um, usefulness for the kingdom. Um, you know, um, we um, you know it took us years to recognize that Saturday night. You know, um, it's just a time where Jeremy's defragging and getting mentally prepared for um, the next day because Sunday is a work day, and so we're trying to be better about being protective of activity on Saturday night so that. Because that, that causes, t- um, you know, just um, adding stress and tension into a moment that's already stressed and tense, um, it's just unwise. Yeah, and, and for me, what that means is 
Um, I, I don't know, and, and every pastor goes through this preparation process, you know, differently. Um, if you're not, if you're waiting to Saturday night to begin preparation for your sermon, like that's I didn't mean not that. Good. I mean, no, no, you're this mentally is, and physically preparing. No, no, but this is what I'm getting at. Like that's that's too late. Like that's a habit you need to get out of. Right. But but like I look over my notes again. I, I do some final tweaking on Saturday night. I spend a, about an hour on Saturday night again going back over stuff. Um, I, that's probably not even that great. I talked to other friends that have just said, you know what, I'm trying to protect Saturday night. But I think one of the things that we ought to do is look at our family and go, you matter so much to me. Saturday night matters so much to me. I'm going to limit the amount of time I spend um, in the office. I'm going to limit the amount of time I spend, um, you know, with my my laptop in my in my lap um, so that I can be fully engaged and fully present for my family. Mm-hmm. And that lowers the tension for your spouse, for your kids. Because right. they don't, they don't have to, they don't have to to make sure that that we get done with a movie early, or we don't have right. friends over, or whatever right. it may be. We have to, you know, we have to cut the dinner date short, or whatever it may be. Right. Because we love, I love to socialize and and be with people, and and our girls do too. And so, um, you know, we still want to be able to extend them that. Like both of them love to have friends over on Saturday night and carry them to church with them on Sunday mornings. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes we're going to have. Um, invitations for dinner dates and and things like that. Mm -hmm. And so um, obviously there's ways to prepare and plan for that. And and so doing, you have to, you have to plan the whole week. Mm -hmm. So spontaneous in that sense is a little more difficult. Yes. Yeah. And and for me, I think the big thing is I'm a planner. Like I, I like to know what the schedule looks like, and when the schedule changes, it bothers me. See, stuff. I'm a planner, but I always have plan B and C. Yeah. Because um, I'm okay with, but that goes with my job. I, I have a list of things I want to accomplish, and I try to prioritize, but I understand that, okay, this can be put off till tomorrow if mm-hmm. we don't get around to it, and mm-hmm. so we can rearrange this if yeah. this didn't happen. And, yeah. um so that's probably where we're a little different. Yeah. So if, if if you're in the ministry, like what we're saying is recognize those times when tensions get the most high. Mm-hmm. Recognize that you become vulnerable. And mm-hmm. we have an enemy that wants to make us ineffective. Right. And, and recognize that and be willing to communicate with each other and go, hey, hey, like I think probably what's going on here, the tension that's coming here is probably not just just from us. I think that we, we have a, an, an enemy that's attacking here. Sure. Well. You know, learning yourself and learning your um, buttons and learning your weaknesses um, is, is a great thing to do if you ever decide to do like a, an evaluation, like a personality test, because that's what is going to get um, aggravated or um, tested by Satan. Like if your weakness is... Um, your spouse is um, Tell them. inattentive to detail. Like it's perhaps um, <laughs> I, this. I've gotten over this, but like if your spouse doesn't turn their pants right side out and and or socks right side out in the laundry when you're doing laundry Saturday night and it's that time you're going to explode when you have to turn one more sock yeah. inside out. Yeah. So and, and I think it's true. But that's Satan. Yeah, and I think it's true whether you're in the ministry or not. I think there's all time. There's times in our lives where stress ramps up, mm-hmm. and it's in those moments that we're most likely to lash out on the other person. It's that moment where we're most likely to kind of go, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think it's recognizing, hey, right now we're vulnerable, mm-hmm. and, and 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 so for pastors, I think Saturday night's a vulnerable moment. Mm-hmm. 
uh, for others, it, it may be another time. You know? Right, right. Even if you're if you're not in the ministry in terms mm-hmm. of like it's not your occupation, um, you know there are tense times that are going on in your marriage. For mm-hmm. instance, if you guys are, um, if there's someone sick, like an in law that's sick, or mm-hmm. if there's, um, you know, you guys are trying to get ready to pay your taxes because right. and stuff. There's just yeah. other times so where Satan's going to come in and. If your wife's a guidance counselor, is responsible for testing. Testing is one of those times. Yeah, if it's you're like a, my tax season. If you're a farm, yeah. If you're an accountant, it's tax season. If you're a farmer, it's harvest time. Like, mm-hmm. like there's all these times where we're going to be on edge, and that's the time where it's an opportunity for us to go. Hey, I'm going to pour out grace mm-hmm. on you. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that we talk about at Crosswind all the time is that when there's a gap between what's expected and what actually occurs in your marriage, we have a decision with what to choose that, what to fill that gap with, mm-hmm. and 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 we. Choose. You have to make a decision to choose that gap with trust and grace rather than skepticism and accusation, right? I mean... Exactly. Yeah. Um, so so the, 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 whatever those times are in your marriage, like I think it's really cool to think through that and go, ah, this is a time mm-hmm. I need to give some extra grace to my spouse. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's go back then to... to uh, to Monday or Sunday. Sunday. Um, Sunday comes in and and the tensions are high. Uh, the 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 service is over, obviously, but the there's a, still a lot of leftover stress, and, mm-hmm. and we get into mm-hmm. this kind of fight. And in this fight, there's there's this truth that kind of comes out from you um, that I I've taken seriously, and I think is something I need to pay attention to. And and what you just just very honestly said to me was it was had to do with your hope streams and desires yeah i'm I, you asked what was in my box so which uh, was the question we at we said everyone should ask their spouse what's in your box mm-hmm. and i asked you what was in your box and and you said <laughs> um well the first thing is it and and it's not again i I, I'm in a place, I think a better place, where I, I don't... When Jeremy asked to list what was in our box, the other question he asked was, who am I asking to carry my box? And I don't feel like I ask anybody to carry my mm-hmm. box. And I think I ask myself or I leave it sitting in the closet. Um, and that's um, that's not healthy either because I'd rather just not ask anybody because I know nobody's going to want to carry my box. Um, and that's how I feel. Um so what is in my box is I mean, they, they may not know that terminology because we um, a bo- the box the box is your hopes, dreams, and desires. What are your hopes, dreams, and desires? Right that's what's in your box. Yeah. So um, you know, my mom was um, a very wonderful spouse, but before that, she was an extremely independent and driven human being, and, and raised me to be um, independent and driven, and to not be. Um, you know, to be able to be self-sufficient. And that not just means financially, that means that I shouldn't expect other people to fill my joy and fill my, fill my you know, fill my cup. Um, that I should, you know, seek to do that on my own and I should be ambitious and brave. And um, my mom paid her way through school and wor- by working full-time and, um, and she went to a private university and she went to Sanford. Go dogs. Um, Go dogs. And she paid it all on her own. Her parents didn't help her at all. Um so she's pretty remarkable. There you go. There's a remarkable mm-hmm. person. I'll save that one mm-hmm. for later. So I thought, I, you know, I have expectations and hope. I have hopes and dreams. Um, but at the same time, I would always remind myself, um, 
that I'm the one that's supposed to make my hopes and dreams come true. So my first one was being loved in my love language. Um, and so I love um, Chapman's book on the five love languages because I, I didn't realize. I kind of thought we, I would like want to be loved by all the ways that there's a love, but I leaned, I definitely leaned towards two. Um, and, um, tell, tell them you're two. And we'll, we'll talk about love languages in another podcast. And by the way, if you don't know what your love language is, look at how you're loving others. Because mm-hmm. that's your love language. Because it's what you express. Yeah. Um, my love language is um, acts of service and gifts. Yeah. And and my love languages are physical touch and words of affirmation. Yes. So early in our marriage, <laughs> in fact, still sometimes Jody will do this. Like she would set out my medicine to take every night, yes. or she would get up in the morning An and act iron, of service. Yeah. She would get up in the morning and iron my shirt, and I just I didn't care. Like I was thanks. Right, um, and and meanwhile, I would come up to her in the kitchen and try to hug her, oh um, or cuddle with her at night, and she would scoot all the way off to the edge of the bed and kind of fall <laughs> off the edge of the bed because I'm I'm laying too close to her because that like I, I would, yeah you're trying to love each other with your love language like we we'll talk about that another time but but that that's kind of the idea and and but the thing that I want to talk about Joe that that I don't want you to shy away from like eventually as in like today is Tuesday. Eventually, you told me what was in your box, but you didn't tell me Sunday night. No. Because Sunday night, you said to me these words, and and, and I think this is so important for ministers in particular to hear. You said that that I don't operate out of your box. You said, I don't don't operate out of your hopes, dreams, and desires. And I would argue you do operate out of mine. You do think about my hopes, dreams, and desires. And and there are times where I still find whatever whatever room there is to complain. I still find that, right? Um, But but when you said that to me, it was was, uh, really telling and shocking. And I think it would have been so natural for me to get angry. Um, but instead, what I did is I kind of paused. Me personally, we didn't talk about this um, on Sunday night in particular, but I kind of paused and went, okay, am I? Like, like, what are some things? And I think there probably are some things where I was operating out of your hopes, dreams, and desires or trying to. But in general, I think there were a lot of things that I was probably missing. Mm. Um, and so, I, I mean, it's Tuesday. We're two days removed from that. It's not <laughs> like I'm... I'm you know, I've solved all of the, the problems with regard to that in two days. I haven't. But um, talk about what that's like to watch. And, and I think one of the reasons that we struggle with this as ministers and as pastors is I spend so much of my time, and those of us in the ministry spend so much of our time looking at other people's hopes, dreams, and desires, mm-hmm. um, that it's really easy to overlook yours Well, as my wife. I think what what happens in any marriage, but this particular ours, is there's an unspoken expectation for us to patiently allow our spouse to um, dote on others because You're talking about as a minister's wife, mm-hmm, because we're allowing them to love on others because God, God has called them into the ministry, and that is to the service of the flock, um, and so. We, I think we go through a, we don't go through classes. You can at Southwestern. Um, oh, nice. <laughs> a little dig at my alma mater there. I appreciate that. Um, but you, you go, we don't go through classes teaching us how to properly be um, humble 
about allowing our spouse to serve and instead, um, you know, and, and, and just kind of taking our hopes and dreams and desires and, and putting them on the shelf. Yeah. I would argue that a lot of pastors' wives that I've come into contact with, they have intentionally and selflessly and, and in, in the name of the church, in the name of the gospel, laid aside mm-hmm. their hopes, dreams, and desires and said to their husband, it's okay, it's okay for me to come second mm-hmm. to the bride of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and as, as, oh man, as, as God-honoring as I feel that is, I, I don't think that's what God has called us to. No, I think, and I, I think that needs to be addressed. I think God has called you first as an individual, um, and He's gifted you and um, equipped you with talents that He seeks to to utilize. And they're not supposed to be um, they're not supposed to be put on the shelf while you're serving as a wife um, or spouse, because um, there's women in the ministry too. Um, but it's. Um, you know, we just go through this, um, okay, well, that's just the way it's going to be. Mm. Um, and then sometimes we ebb and flow through emotions as well. Yeah, I, I can't imagine how you wouldn't. And and as a pastor, it feels so easy for me to come home at the end of the day and go, look at my wife and go, I've given so much to so many other people today. Because you have. Now I need, Now I need you to give to me. Right. Solely. Well, you're empty. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just mm-hmm. to expect you to um, be able to to recharge and rejuvenate and pour into not just me, but the girls as well. Is, right. Um, that's a high expectation. Um, and so there's a lot of times where I just understand that that's just not it. You know, mm-hmm. it's not going to happen. Yeah. And, and I don't think that's fair. Now, I mean... I think there's probably seasons, there's times, right? Sure. Where, where you know, for instance, we were just talking earlier, tomorrow um, is going to really be a long really long, really busy day, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of different things from a lot of different aspects that are kind of mm-hmm. going on. Um, for, for me in the ministry, and tomorrow's not going to be down and be able to do a lot or give a lot, but but there's, there's going to have to be other days where I go, okay, I'm going to very intentionally... Set aside, block off my my day, or block off my time, or place my my wife, my children's wants, needs, and desires ahead of my own. And you did Saturday. You took the girls on a date. Well, (laughs) so I mean, but that's something that we've we've talked about, and we're you know we're working through and trying to get better at, and Mm so. You know, just being present in those Mm -hmm. moments so that they are aware they're being prioritized and. So one of the things that I'm working through and trying to figure out, and and I'm saying this not as an expert, as a guy that I'm, I'm talking like th- th- these thoughts are 48 hours old in my brain. Like you know what I'm saying? I'm I'm just being real and going. Here's where I am. Mm-hmm. Is going okay? Fridays are I'm off on Fridays, and what I've done for the last three months or so, maybe longer. I'm saying three months. You'll probably, when I say this, you'll probably be like, um, try two years, uh, you know, cause I've gone, okay, Friday, my kids are at school. My wife's at school. There are things that I could do. And, and, and it's not that I, I don't do some of those things, but there's things that I could do in the house to make my wife's job easier to my, my kid's job easier. But I take that day to rest. Like I take that day and I'll sleep in, 
I'll, you know, I'll, I'll take a late shower and I'll, I'll, you know, I'll kind of piddle around the house and not really do a whole lot. Um, because, and, and I justify it by going, I've given, I've poured out myself so much during the week. I need a day to recover. Mm-hmm. Um, but the people that suffer in that is, is my family, is my wife and my kids. And, and I'm not saying I can't do that during seasons or I can't do that every now and then. Right. But I, I have to be willing to say, for me, I have pockets of energy. I have, I have pockets of energy throughout the day. Um, Wayne Cordero said this in his book, Leading on Empty. I have pockets of energy, and I need to save pockets of energy for what matters most. Bill Hybels talked about this mm-hmm. in, in his leadership books as well, where, where he goes, I, I'm going to save a chunk of energy for my family because that's what matters. Right. So when I come home at the end of the day, I'm not exhausted. So when I come to Friday and I've got a little bit of time to, to you know, to help my family achieve what they have, I, I have something that's left. Right. Does that make sense? Right. And, and I need to do that as well. It's not just you. Like um, anybody that works, mm-hmm. you, you know, be it your job as a desk job and you sit and um, don't have to deal with people all day, you're still doing something that's caused you either mental exhaustion or right. emotional exhaustion. So you've got to reserve something for mm-hmm. the other people. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's things like, hey, at the end of the day, Joe, like it's it's like right now it's 10.05 and I'm tired and you're tired and, and we're recording this podcast and I would like so much more to be watching The Blacklist on on Netflix yes and and go to bed and and uh, and and cuddle with you you know or whatever it may be and 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 head off to sleep but but what I need to realize is hey that's what Jeremy needs that's Jeremy's hopes wants needs and desires <laughs> what 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 Jody needs is a back rub I do love a good massage I do what she needs is is a is a back rub and what she needs is for me not to touch her <laughs> So how do you give me a back rub without touching me? Well, <laughs> is it like Phoebe with, or we like all, Ross with the wooden spoons? Yeah, the wooden spoons. <laughs> I think we all know what what I mean. But regardless of that, like you just need to go to bed, right? And on Saturdays, like we have an opportunity. Our kids are old enough now that we we all kind of sleep in on Saturdays, which is awesome. But like it is, I need to realize, hey, if Jeremy gets to sleep in on Friday, then Jody probably needs to get to sleep in on Saturday. <gasps> that would be amazing. Um, and and so, sleeping in for me is not crazy late, so. Oh, sleeping! Gosh, I, y'all! I, I got to be honest. Eight o'clock is late for me. I could sleep every day. Every day I could sleep till ten o'clock, easy. Yep. Your daughter, your oldest daughter, has followed oh, she's that. She's a teenager. All teenagers do that, mm-hmm. don't they? Yep. She sleeps in a cocoon and mm-hmm. will sleep a till a cocoon of uh, awesomeness. She has slept till twelve thirty before. Uh, that is ridiculous. I not. It's you say it's ridiculous. I say it is glorious. There, like, there's you two other differences in us people. Oh I am a gosh. morning person, and my husband is a night owl. Hence oh. why our window of time that we can have quality time together is like thirty minutes. So, because yeah. um, sometimes I fall asleep watching TV. So. Yeah. My, yeah, no, absolutely, and, and you've done that our entire life. Uh-huh. It's yeah. not true. When we were dating, you could stay up all hours of the night. That's when I drank Diet Coke like it was water, mm. caffeine. We could go back to that. No, it doesn't phase me anymore. Yeah, I could drink just, a cup of coffee and fall asleep. You've, you've just, you're just, you, you my, work so hard. My body is old. <laughs> Yeah, I know. My mind, body, everything about me is old. I, I totally get it. 
Um, so the, the thing that I, I want to encourage folks in, regardless of your line of work, is is, is recognize like, hey, if, 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 if my family is, in fact, the most important thing to me, like I need to reserve mm-hmm. some of me yes. for them and not give them just the leftovers. Right. And sometimes you've got to figure out, and we'll talk about this in another podcast, but you've got to figure out what you have to do to change gears, too. Cause, yeah. Because think about it this way. Like, if you don't change gears when you come home and you're still operating with the to-do list and um, the what-ifs from work and you're trying to help your kids study for a vocabulary test and, you know, make, um, you know, a, a casserole, then you really are spending over the amount of energy you had for the whole day because you're doing too much at once. So what you were doing that was so heavy all day just got even heavier because you're trying, your brain hasn't shut off from that and you've picked up yet another load. So you're going to burn out the engine. Right. No, absolutely. It's, it's a matter of, of, uh, of, of, of setting that aside. Yeah. I think that's incredibly important. Now, if you're a pastor, if you're a minister, let, let, let me just talk to you for just a minute. Because what I think we miss sometimes is we understand that God has called us to make disciples. God, God has not only called us, He's equipped us, and He's put us in a position where we have a platform to help make disciples. And, and as a result, we can justify, we can at least say and, and justify verbally neglecting our family for the sake of the gospel. Mm-hmm. I, I'm telling you right now, if you're a, 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 a pastor and you're in the ministry, you're called to make disciples, but the single most important disciples you will ever make are the ones that are under your own roof. Amen. And if, and if you're not investing in them, I'm telling you, I think you'll be held accountable for that. There's no, you will be. Yeah. It's, you, it's, yeah. You will be. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's. I think that's what we said. No, you said. I think you will be. <laughs> oh yeah. No, you're no, right. No, no, without right. a doubt, you will you're be. Exactly right. Um, no. And so, like, I think we have to recognize, hey, you know, it's important for me to to set this aside for for them. Right. No. And and um, I'm I'm always going to be a fan of setting aside time for. I think. It's got to be a happy balance of, of everything. So we, we're spiritually um, dis- discipling them, but we're also um, discipling them and, and, and helping them and giving them guidance in social um, interaction and in academic um, endeavors and stuff. So you have to take an invested interest in their whole life. You okay? <coughs> apologies. You okay there? Yeah. Wait, listen, I'm telling you, here in Union City where we are, <coughs> The, the sicknesses have just, I mean, it's it's like the worst I've ever seen it. So, like, flu, at one point in time, we had, um, you know, hundreds of kids out of school, in you know, Obion County Schools, Union City Schools, with the flu. Um, Emma, our, our eldest, missed school with strep throat. And then Abby came down with a virus that... Um, we took her. Flu. We took her to the doctor, and and she tested negative for flu, tested negative for strep, and so the doctor said she has a a a crud virus. That was what he said. Yeah, but I um, think it was the flu. Yeah, whatever. She she was sick, and now we've got stomach bugs going around. Yes, um, it's absolutely insane. All the sickness. Are you good? 
Yes, I'm better now. Jody Sorry. just Jody had to go and cough and. Sorry, everybody. I don't know, like Good Morning Flim or all oh, that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's awesome. tasty. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so as as pastors, we have to set those priorities. Is my point. Yes. And really, not only as pastors, if you're a Christian, you're also called to make disciples. If you're a husband, a wife, you have children, like you're responsible for leading your children, you're responsible for leading your family. Those are things we have to go, okay, I need to set aside a part of my time. And those are things, going back to how we started the podcast, that you have to talk about in the pulpit sometimes, too, that we sit and wrestle with afterwards as well. So, um, but um, what's in your box? <laughs> I don't even know anymore. Mm. I don't even know anymore. No, skirt, skirt. No, no. You know the things that are in my box are 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 similar. Um, I want to be, you know, I want to be wanted. I want to be desired. I want to be um, needed. Uh, I want to be appreciated. And um, thank you for building my stairs. Yes. So those of you that follow us on social media, (laughs) you saw my wife post a picture of a stair that we built. I'm excited in our in our living room. It was great. Um, There's a long story that goes behind that. Um, My friend Tommy came over and and helped me build the stair. When I say helped me build the stair, he primarily built the stair. Part. The picture, the picture that you posted is perfect. I didn't even plan it that way. I know, but Tommy is down on his hands and knees doing something with a stair, and I am standing, leaning against our couch. <laughs> that's the way that that's the way it kind of worked. You are, um, you are supervising. It was great. It's like you gave me all kinds of credit for it, and I was like, I was just there. But I did. I praised you. At the anyway, end. I, fe- yes. I tried to fill your box. Yes. Um, so all of that having been said, like we know as a pastor, as a pastor's family, it's hard. It's got to be incredibly hard to sit there and listen to, to, to us teach the Word of God when it's something you know that we're struggling with. In addition to that, I need you to know when I have to talk about marriage, and I know it's an issue that we're struggling with, that we fought about last night, that I'm not perfect on, that I'm not operating out of your hopes, needs, and desires box, or hopes, wants, and desires, dreams, and desires. Like, like I know that. Like, I'm aware of that. I, I feel the, um, the tension that arises from that. And in those moments, I think it's so good for us to kind of go, hey, I know this is, this is something we're working on. We're mm-hmm. something we're struggling with. Here's, Jody, here's all of the grace that I have. And Jeremy, here's all the grace that I have. Mm-hmm. And, um, and man, I wish we were even more better than that at that than we are. Well, it's a journey that yeah. takes a whole lifetime. Yeah. So, um, so, so that's what it's like for those of you that don't know. Yeah. To be so, in the ministry and to, to have to talk about marriage and to. So yeah, not like have a perfect we're, one. we're pretty real. We just um, going to continue to present that to you and the whole idea that um, God puts messages on Jeremy's heart, not because. Not because he's mastered it, but because he wants um, our whole church, our whole congregation, our whole people to come to an understanding of it. So please understand that um, when we, and and I speak sometimes too and teach sometimes too, when we present things, it's not because we're seeking to be an expert on it, but we're at the same time we're seeking to tell you what the Lord has laid upon our heart and, and how he's working in our lives so that we can be better and that we as a couple are getting better and how that we are um, 
forever indebted to him for his love and mercy. Yeah. Yeah. No, no doubt about that. I'm so in need of God's grace and Jody's grace. <laughs> um, along the way. I'm so, sure I could get, extend some more. Yeah. So um, a book, that if you're looking for a place to go and, and to read more about what it looks like to balance family and home and to and to do that, a, a, um, a book that I'll, a couple books I'll recommend, um, Leading on Empty by Wayne Cordero. We mentioned that earlier. Um, a book by Andy Stanley out of North Point uh, in Atlanta called Choosing to Cheat. Mm-hmm. He talks about what it looks like to, to recognize you don't have enough hours in the day to do what you got to do, so you have to choose to cheat mm-hmm. work or home. And and his, of course, response is, I always choose to cheat work. Mm. Um, and, um, and for me, what that means is recognizing that someone else can pastor Crosswind Church. Someone else can step in and and be a part of the Ministerial Association of Obion County. Some Someone else can uh, go and speak to whatever organization I have the privilege to speak at, but there is no one that can step in and be a husband to my wife, and there is no one that can step in and be a father to my children. And so it's recognizing, hey, I, I, I need to do, I can only do this. I'm the only one that can do this. That person mm-hmm. can't be replaced. And, um, and so recognizing that's where I'm going to cheat. Mm. There you go. Yeah. Let's talk about what's remarkable, Jody Powell. I would like to know who, let's talk about who first is remarkable to you. I love Amina Brown. Um, Amina <laughs> Brown is an author and a spoken word poet. Um, if you've never listened to is any Is that of like her, a rapper? I'm so out of touch. No, she says poetry. Um, I guess for Amina, forgive me, for elongated poetry. So it's elongated poetry. several minutes long, and she um, recites it with um, great passion and inflection and enthusiasm, mm. and it's just beautiful. And she's also written a book, How to The Notorious fix- B.I.G. does that. He's a rapper. Um, yes, but she doesn't do it with, like, um, beatbox in the background. She just oh, does it. She just it does it. Flows. It's like acapella, like Eminem yeah. in 8 Mile. Anyway, go ahead. Yes, I'm sorry. Go it's ahead. Just like that. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. Better. Um, and she a- has a book. <laughs> um, she has several books out, but the most recent one I've read is "How to Fix a Broken Record," mm. and she talks about you know um, when you're repeating cycles of um, things that you struggle with, and um, and how to um, turn to Christ and recognize. Mm. Um, that's that's where our brokenness is healed and mm. resolved, and so and she's just she's just a beautiful person. So mm. that's Amina awesome. Brown. Who's remarkable to you? Who is remarkable? I'm keeping it local. Okay, I, I, I'm going Union City. This is someone that uh, that, shout that out local. is 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 in Crosswind Church. I think Mandy Henson is remarkable. Mandy Henson is truly. Let, let me tell remarkable. you why Mandy is remarkable. Mandy um, inherited a silhouette or a or a, cr- a cricket. A silhouette. Silhouette. That mine, except she's taking it to the and, next level. And she's gotten a, a, a heat press to make yes. shirts with. She Her can make vinyl got shirts. Her husband got that for Christmas. And she made me a shirt that says Chase Joy. And it's. What colors? It's, it's Auburn University colors. Yeah. Um, and and let me just tell you that that is such a big deal for me because um, I'm not I'm a kind of guy that uh, struggles to chase joy. Yes. 
um, it's so easy for me to kind of sit and wallow in the negative and, and um, it's something I'm wrestling with and working on personally and th- the fact that she thought enough of me to make that shirt, deliver it to my house, put it in my favorite colors. Yes. Um, that's remarkable. Yep. She's she's my who's remarkable oh, this week. That means I can't use her another day. Cause you you might, can use her another day. That's I might use her another day. Yeah, go ahead. fabulous. What, Jeremy, is remarkable? Oh, Hitachi nail guns. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we built this stair in our house, in our living room yesterday, and and it was all thanks to Hitachi. They, At the end of the day. They like terrify me. What? Nail guns? Yes. Listen, I have a friend named Tommy who has put, he helped me build this, he's put nails from a nail gun through his finger on multiple occasions. No, what scares me is when we lived in Fort Worth, if you guys remember this, um, the guy who um, shot a nail gun and, did, and lost the nail didn't know where it went. And it, it was went in, in the his, roof of his mouth. It was in his skull. Yeah. It was in his head. They had to do the x-ray and it was in there. So that's why they scare me. Dude, that is jacked up. I'm not going to lie to you. But, but. Um, what, what, what the nail gun? It, I mean, the stair is held together with nails from the Hitachi nail gun. Yes, That's it absolutely is. Absolutely, the coolest is. ever. Hitachi. And and I, I, you know, I don't know if Tommy is is uh, just irresponsible or like such a stud that he's shot nails through his thumb and Probably like a little bit both. He's just cool, he's just cool with it. <laughs> okay, all right. What is remarkable to you? Fleece lined leggings. Mm, fleece leggings, leggings that are like sweatpants. Um, it, they are joyous. It is it is not ever appropriate for a man to wear leggings, is it? Uh, I don't know. We got a lot of these football players and basketball players wearing leggings under their their um, practice pants. I'm glad you brought that up. Yep. I I need to talk about this. I understand that there are like leggings that now NBA and, and college mm-hmm. players and I guess They're probably some high school players uh, that wear underneath their shorts. Yes. Men, can I just call you out on this? <laughs> like, this, this is, this is, I don't understand this fad. I don't understand this trend. I will say, those of you that do have not have muscular legs, it draws attention to the bird legs. You got know. these skinny bird legs. <laughs> and you got some, how about this? If you're wearing. Definitely don't wear yellow shorts and red leggings. If you're wearing, yeah, it you look like Big Bird, right? <laughs> if you're wearing Under Armour leggings playing basketball and the leggings aren't tight on your legs because Ow. your legs are so skinny. Oh, yeah. Like, you, you probably just need to go, eh, I'm going to hand that yeah. up. Yeah. Fleece line leggings. They're that's what's amazing. I only you. have two pair. I've thought about making another investment, but... Two pair mm. is probably plenty. Yeah. Would that be something that would be in your in your hopes, dreams, and desires box? <laughs> no. I didn't know about them until, like, I don't know, in the past few years. I just bought a pair for Christmas. Because I don't know if you guys know part of my box filling is I go get my own Christmas stuff. <laughs> I'm, I may be the worst husband ever. <laughs> No, we just shop different. So, in his defense, I am a clearance aisle junkie, and my husband walks in the store and looks at the mannequin and says, give me that. Give me that. Like, y'all, <laughs> I've bought stuff from... I tried to shop out of the bargain bin one time for my wife for Christmas. <laughs> it was the worst So, in my defense, ever. I can get, like, three outfits for the price of that one that's still on the mannequin. You hear me? You feel me? Okay, there we go. <laughs> 
Please find leggings. It's awesome. I feel like we should be done. Okay, so uh, if you are uh, joining us for the very first time, we're so glad to have you. Please go and and like our podcast. We like five stars, or I got to be honest, I don't care how many stars. I like two stars. Subscribe. Yeah, subscribe. Follow us. Listen to us. Give us a review. We want to know what you want us to to what you want. Maybe you have a topic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, If you want to follow us on social media, Instagram, I am Powell Jeremy J G A P. O W E L L. Oh, I'm sorry. I was like, that's not my email address. No, we prepared. We have this written down in front of us. It's scripted. And Jody still can't even read I it. I don't do cue cards real yeah, well, so yeah. I will not be on the news. So. Jody is J G A Powell. J Gap oh. Owl. J Gap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's okay. okay. On, on uh, Facebook, I'm jeremy.powell.1800. Jody.powell.5. And on email, you can email me at jeremy at crosswindchurch.net or... JGAP2020. It's the first day of spring, the 20th. It's a great day. Yeah. At gmail.com. Yeah, it's not 220s. It's just jgap20 at gmail.com. That's right. Yeah. I said, you said jgap. <laughs> but you said J, jgap20. 20. 20. It's the. I was, I was making sure they didn't I was understand. It was twenty twenty. Emphasis on I the understand. correct syllable. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay, y'all. Thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight. We appreciate it. Good night.